sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by the Reverend Douglas Cornelius. Now we continue reading in the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. See, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please pray with me? Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So there's a small sentence fragment that if we're not careful, we can read right over it and barely notice. That, that fragment, those brief words, they're right there in verse 7 of Luke chapter 2. It says, there was no room for them in the inn. Or as many translations put it, there was no place for them in the inn. There was no room for them. While it's a small detail, we do tend to remember it, don't we? Because it seems strange that the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Messiah that the angels are proclaiming and, and will proclaim just a few short verses later, it seems strange that this child would be born in a stable and placed in a manger. Even with our 21st century eyes and ears, far removed from this ancient context, we can get how strange this is. We can see how unusual an entrance this is for a king of kings. 
there wasn't even room for him indoors. He was out with the livestock in the stable. It seems strange, which is why many of us who are familiar with the story, we know, we've known for a while that he was born outside because there was no room at the inn. Because the whole scene begs the question, why, right? Why a stable? It's probably why Luke, when writing the story down, chose to include that detail. By the way, there was no room for them in the inn. He's telling folks the Messiah has come, and Mary has sung about it, and the angels are shouting about it in the heavens, and the shepherds are coming just to bow down. So why are we in a stable? Luke, anticipating that question, tells us those otherwise forgettable words. There was no room for them in the inn. And you know, I've always wondered, decades later, when Jesus becomes well-known amongst the people as a Jewish healer, as a miracle worker, and, and for some folks, the Son of God, the Messiah who has come. I've always wondered if that innkeeper ever caught word of that story later on. Like Jesus has done these miracles, he's been crucified and resurrected, and, and one of his disciples who's now starting the early church passes through Bethlehem, you know, and he meets that innkeeper, and the innkeeper's sitting there talking with him, and the disciple begins to witness to this, the greatest news ever, the gift of God that has come down. And then that innkeeper starts connecting the dots, right? And he's like, oh, small world. I'm actually the innkeeper that kicked him out into the stable. Can you believe it? The son of God, no kidding. I kind of regret that now, right? I mean, how crowded do you have to be, honestly, to put a nine-month pregnant woman out in a stable? She's about to give birth that night. What were the other guests doing? Did they not see them? Nobody could offer up their room? But no, they're out in a stable because there's no room for them at the inn. I can't believe there was no room. And that poor innkeeper and those poor guests, they have to carry that knowledge the rest of their lives. The savior of the world was born with the livestock and the shepherds because nobody gave up their room. No one would make space for them, would put them first. It seems a bit crazy, but we'll come back to that in just a moment. Well, this is my first Christmas here as the new head of staff. And we're still getting to know each other, uh, all of you and I. And so what I thought we'd do, uh, you know, to get a feel for how we do Christmas here in Paoli, um, I'm going to throw a series of pictures up on the screen, okay? And what you're going to do is by a show of hands, you're going to tell me if something is absolutely essential to your experience of Christmas, right? Like Christmas just wouldn't feel like Christmas if I didn't have that thing up on the screen or that experience up on the screen. And, and if that's you, if that describes you, you're gonna raise your hand, okay? You're gonna raise your hand. Do we think we understand? All right, good, here we go. First up, a Christmas tree. 
All right, raise your hand if it would just not feel like Christmas without a Christmas tree. Okay, that's almost all of us. We like trees. Got it. All right, Paoli, we're doing well. All right, next, uh, how about holiday food, right? Those wonderful Christmas dinners, right? I know, we're laughing because we're Presbyterian. All we do is eat here, right? So uh, this is getting a lot of raised hands. I like that. That's lots of us. All right, what about our good friend Santa? Show of hands. I see all the kids' hands going up. Yes? No surprise. Of course. It can't be Christmas without our friend Santa, right? And what about family and friends? Getting together with family and friends, seeing them at the holidays. My sister's right up front here. She better raise her hand. Yeah, seeing them at the holidays, you know, I know some of us are probably seeing that and we're going, well, you know what, give me one holiday without them and I'll let you know, okay? <laughs> and just see what happens. Oh no, we love family and friends, we love them. How about nostalgic movies, Christmas movies, right? A Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown Christmas, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation, right? The oldies like White Christmas and Miracle on 34th Street. The congregation was already subjected to my rant on Hallmark Christmas movies a few weeks ago, so we won't, we won't go back through that. But yeah, Christmas movies, I like it, okay. What about singing Christmas carols and going to church? Well, I mean, yeah, you're here, right? So that's good. You kind of have to raise your hand for that one, right? The new pastor's watching, okay? So, yeah, we love going to, going to church and singing Christmas carols. And what about festive holiday drinks? Anybody? Okay, that's good. I'm taking note. I'm taking note of all the hands here. Uh-huh. And, and by the way, it's not for a naughty list, okay? All right, we're Presbyterian here, okay? We're not Puritan Baptists. Presbyterians can make a drink. It's all right. Okay, I'm actually taking note of the hands to know whose Christmas parties I should go to next year, right? Don't forget to invite the pastor. That's all I'm saying. And uh, just a couple more. What about, what about snow, right? Do you love a white Christmas? Snow is so beautiful, isn't it? But some of us are raising our hands, but some of us aren't raising our hands because we know that with the snow comes a lot of this, right? which, if we're honest, a lot of that, it leads to this, right? Which takes us right back to this, right? So we need to be a little careful about the snow. And how about Christmas shopping, huh? How many people, it wouldn't feel like Christmas without the shopping. Yeah, not for some of us though, right? If you're anything like me, the shopping is also going to take you back There it is. Okay, you knew it. That pause was not just for uh, intentional dramatic effect. But finally, finally, one more slide. It wouldn't be Christmas without Jesus, right? Come on, you have to raise your hand for this one. Not only is the pastor looking, right? We put up our hands because it truly wouldn't be Christmas without celebrating the birth of Christ. 
Now, we had fun with some of that, but you know, Christmas is actually a very busy time of year, right? It's extremely busy. The shopping, the Christmas parties, wrapping gifts, traveling, seeing family and friends, all the extra church events, vacation time from work and school. It is a really busy time of year. And yet we have these traditions, these things that are important to us, and we carve out the time. We carve out the space in our lives to make sure that those things happen. We put up a tree. We make sure we've done all the shopping. And it takes time. And it takes money. And it takes energy. But we carve out that space in our lives for those traditions because they are important. And they are. They really are important. So what we do is we make room. Right? We make room for those things. And the truth of it is that we gather to celebrate this all-important day, this most important day, not just because of the traditions, not just because it's what we've always done, or even because that thing that happened way back when is worth remembering and celebrating, which, of course, it is. We gather precisely because what we celebrate tonight is not just a thing of the past. It's not only something that happened then. The truth of it is that the living Christ is still seeking to be born, to enter in, to break into our lives and our world. He's still coming, still descending, still arriving each and every day. Christmas is just a day that we remember that Christ arrives every day, shows up every day. The Christmas we remember, the Christmas that happened then, oh, it's full of angels, biblical heroes, shepherds, wise men, animals, a star, and of course, that inn where there was no room. But as Jesus Christ seeks to be born anew each day, he's no longer looking for a room in an inn. He's no longer looking for a room in an inn. He looks for room in here, right? He looks for room in us and in our lives, not in a stable, but in a heart not with strips of cloth to be wrapped in, but in our soul's embrace. Not for angels to sing and bear the good news, but for our mortal voices to do it. Not a virgin mother to carry him deep within her, but for each one of us to carry him each and every day in our hearts. Let him be born anew this day, every day in our lives. So people of God, as we celebrate a day long ago, half a world away, let us remember this evening with joy the unlikely scene that welcomed the Savior of the world. Let us remember it in all its glory and in all its strange detail with an innkeeper telling the mother of God 
that there isn't any room for him. But also let us remember with joy tonight that we still have the opportunity to make room for him. We have the opportunity to invite him into the one place that he wants to be. Tonight and in coming days, let us open ourselves up to the joy of a story rewritten. Unable to hold back a huge grin as we look to our Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us as we look to him and say, yes. Yeah, there is room. In fact, we've got the perfect spot. Let's do so, people of God. Amen.